Hello, everyone, and welcome back to To Have and To Roll. I'm Daft Prodigy, joined, as always, by my beautiful husband, Rain Zero. You're listening to Session 77, Into the Cinderlands. This session, we once again have the honor and joy of welcoming Elizabeth Wilcox of the Dimension Door podcast to our show. Elizabeth is reprising her role as Zalara Esmeralda, as our party begins the next critical leg of their journey. What do the cards have to say about what awaits us in Verizia's northern desert? This session features sound effects from Sirenscape and music from Michael Gelfi Audio. Details in the description. Now, let's join the cover of Night as they go the farthest from home they've ever been. On Curse of the Crimson Throne. Hello, beautiful wife. Hello, beautiful husband. And hello, once again, beautiful guests. Hello, beautiful guests. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Everyone, we are joined yet again uh, by our friend and uh, f- and uh, now second time collaborator, uh, Elizabeth Wilcox. Yay! Of Dimension Door. Yay! Happy to be here. Oh, it's so oh, wonderful to have you here. Gosh, it's it's been so long since we had your first recording. That it was, really has. <laughs> uh, that that was. Uh, we are like so happy to have you back. Like that was one of the best harrowings I've ever heard. It was so good. And it was really good. Uh, we're very glad to have you back in the house, so to speak, <laughs> uh, for another. Oh uh, yeah, I was looking over my horror reading notes from last time, which I don't store things well, so they aged uh, accordingly and yeah. i'm very excited to see which cards come up this time because i like seeing the overlap yes. do you want to give our listeners a little reminder of who you are and uh what brings you here <laughs> yeah i'm elizabeth wilcox i am the social media director and also a cast member on the dimension door podcast where i play a cardomancer witch and as part of playing that cardomancer, I taught myself how to do horror readings, fell in love with cardomancy. And so now I am here very much happy to play Zalara and give a beautiful reading for the characters of To Have and To Roll. Yes. And we are beyond honored to have you here. Uh, I did the first uh, two hero readings uh, in. Uh Curse of the Crimson Throne, which was a big, which was a big process of me flipping back and forth between the Harrow, the Harrow uh, instruction manual, and the back of the book, and this, and that. And I was like, "Oh my gosh! If there's somebody out there who knows this better than me, that'll be great." <laughs> uh, and you, you just do, you do such amazing stuff on Dimension Door, and so I was very happy to uh, bring you in. Uh, well, thank and you, you do it all live, me. which is honestly even more amazing to <laughs> me. Daph, would you like to recap for everybody yeah, what we were doing um, recently? So we just uh, made our way out of a little side venture in Kermaga, 
Um, we stopped there to talk to um, Bishop DeBear, who was away from her post at um, Corvosa's um, Ferrazman Temple uh, to uh, look up the sort of past and deal of Togemore, a bloat mage who has become um, the new seneschal of Corvosa under Queen Eliosa's rule. And um, he, you know, he came in from Kermaga. Nobody really knew what, what he was doing here. He became a tailor. And then suddenly he was one of the most powerful uh, politicians in Corvosa. Mm-hmm. And um, so she went to go and do some research. And we thought we would stop by, uh, do a little shopping uh, somewhere where we weren't, you know, wanted criminals. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, you know, check in with her and uh see what was going on and uh we ran into um some friends who we decided to help out i use the word friends loosely um in um the form of buttons a troll oracle who used his own entrails as his divining tools and um we freed some people from another bloat mage in Kermaga, learned a little bit about um, the society, the sort of secret society that Togemore was in while he was in Kermaga. And then um, Trinia fucking died uh, to a disintegrate spell when we, uh, when the bloat mage lady found out that we were taking away her uh, blood sources, uh, who were humans that she had captured. <laughs> uh, and then you got Trinia rezzed by a strange cleric uh named Ervast. Yes. Uh who seems to be a cleric of Eridan who has just gotten his powers back. And he brought her back wrong. Yes, and he brought her back wrong. Uh to the tune of she traded two of her bard levels for oracle levels uh and and was able to see uh where another one of the relevant relics of Kazavan apparently yes. has met its fate. But that is quite far away. Yes. Uh, and we have more pressing concerns uh, with with uh, a relic that is quite near at hand. Yes. And so we getting having gotten the information we were looking for um, from Bishop to bear. We have left Kermaga and are going forth to the Callow Mounds in the Cinderlands mm-hmm. to meet with our uh, previous colleague, Thousand Bones. To hopefully learn from the Shawanti there uh, what the deal is with this relic of Kazavan that currently sits upon our monarch's head. And so we join our heroes now as they emerge from the shadow walk that they've been going along, basically walking along at about 50 miles per hour along the borders between the material and the shadow plane. Uh, And you uh, so you are approaching uh, sort of seeing uh, again this this way that you're it's like you're in a tunnel mm. that goes along the border between the material and the shadow plane uh-huh. with the material plane stretching up above you and the shadow plane stretching down below mm. uh, and as you're uh, roaming this wasteland of uh, cracked earth uh, like uh, just this parched landscape that above uh, just seems to be an arid desert and below uh, seems to be uh, almost like uh, dried and cracked skin. 
Oh God! Uh, you you come to a place where below you can see bones seeming to protrude from the ground uh, and twist like trees, uh, and above you can see uh, you can see these circles of stone uh, rising out of the ground. I will say Unia seems relatively unperturbed, but everybody else looks deeply uncomfortable. Damien is actually shivering a little bit and he's got his tail wrapped around one of his legs to sort of keep it um, from whipping around. Uh, Mm. He's trying to, it's like he's trying to make himself small as he's walking. Mm. Okay. And And so as we leave and get back into the sunshine, um, everybody is going to seem pretty relieved. Okay. So, so you're, you come out, uh, are you in, are you going, coming out in the, uh, area with the circles of stones and things like that? Um, you you know, it, it occurs to me that there may be, uh, some folks like waiting outside the area who might want to say hello to us first, rather than just having us appear out of seemingly nowhere in the middle of their sacred space. So, um, I think that we will, um, pop out as we are approaching. Okay. So you pop out, um, about how far off would you say? Um, probably, uh, within sight, probably like, uh, 200 feet or so. So basically, uh, now that you are actually on the material plane and you can, uh, see down into it, uh, the Calamounds themselves, uh, have basically, there's a place where the, these small cliffs rise along the sides, forming like a little, uh, canyon, mm-hmm. uh, and in this canyon, uh, you can you can see there are piles of stone uh, in which the stones are placed in ever tightening spirals where basically you have one long you have one long border around the edge that twists in on itself and continues up in this conical fashion Ooh. until uh, until it arrives at the center and the center of each mound. Uh, of these spiraled stones is topped with a skull of an animal. Oh, wow. Uh, in one, you might see uh, a pile topped with the skull of a of a fanged cat-like creature. Uh, in another, you might see one topped with, uh, with what looks like some sort of uh, cow skull. Uh, it seems that they're, they're organized uh, in some way, that they're that each uh, has a specific animal head associated with it. All right. All right. Um, um, can I make a knowledge religion check to see if I can uh, learn or figure out a little bit more? Um, the spirals seem for Asmen, but I'm not sure what the symbology of the animal skulls is. I'm, sure. I guess they probably correspond to uh, given tribes, but... Um, yeah, you can roll knowledge religion. If you All like. right. Let me see who has knowledge religion again. Okay. Unia has knowledge religion, obviously. Um, but they're not very good at it. And Ophelia does not have knowledge religion. And Damien does. So I'll roll two d20s and we'll see how it goes. I actually have a d20 here if I can find it. I got a new set of dice from the dice shop online. This one is green and purple and sparkly. And so I'm going to roll with this. Unia gets us started off freaking right with a natural 20. Um, so that's a 24 for Unia. And then Damien, uh, who is considerably better at knowledge religion, but probably won't roll as well. Oh, got a 15 on die. Holy shit. Uh, so that's a 30 for Damien. So 32. 
So to any to any like passing uh, observation of this, you would get that the that the that the spiraling stones, uh, as you said, yes, it seems like a Farazman uh, aspect. But like you know, it's it's not a practice that you're familiar with in any Church of Farazma that you're familiar with. Um, basically, the stones are not colored in any way. Uh, they're they're just stacked uh, in a way that probably suggests you know this pattern might continue on inward into the structure. Um, but you do know that the that a spiral is the symbol of Farazma. And so seeing stones stacked in a spiral, even if even as concentric spirals going upward to a point, it, it seems to convey the same idea as what, say, a Church of Phrasma would have with a just big stained glass of the, the spiral, uh, that being the the path uh, that souls travel along on their way to judgment uh, at the center of the spiral, uh, the center being the court of Phrasma. Uh -huh. um, and with uh, with a 32, you will get that this is. This is a uh, burial practice among the Shawanti that they will inter their dead inside these mounds uh, rather than burying them in the ground uh, and, and encase the remains in spirals. Uh, and one of the things that, that you will know is that the skulls uh, at the top uh, are used to denote like what tribe they mm -hmm. come from mm -hmm. uh, or what kwa uh, is the Shawanti term for their different uh, factions. Ah, oh, yes. Uh, and uh, you'll you don't really know like which skull means what, but you know that the diff different skulls mean different qua. Ah, okay. okay. And uh, there do seem to be a collection of many uh, different tribes here. Uh, now, as you are looking at this, uh, you like the air is sort of still uh, this this parched uh hot desert air uh just making it kind of hard to breathe honestly yeah uh it, like, it, i can i can imagine like why you would bury folks underneath a mound rather than trying to dig graves into this dirt yes uh seems um, awful and uh as you're here uh there's almost like uh almost it's almost like a, a sound in the in the back of your mind, Ooh. almost like something whispering to you. And Damien, it is especially strong for you. As oh, if hello? there are stories to be told here. Ooh. Wisdom of the ancients Ooh. to be shared. He and hello? You feel compelled to consult your cards. Oh. Oh. Um, okay, uh, where, where are they? No, not this pocket. Um, uh, this, this pocket, right, yes, this pocket. Um, le left for the deck of cards. Yeah. I really need to come up with a better mnemonic for that. <laughs> uh, and Damien will pull out the deck and, um, take off his cloak and sort of, uh, set the cloak down on the ground and set the card deck on top of his cloak. As you do so, there's a rumbling in the ground, uh, as if perhaps some massive, some massive creature is moving beneath your feet. Uh, the rocks around you shake, but do not fall. Boy, am I glad I, ju I didn't just watch Dune. <laughs> uh, and the cards begin to glow. Ooh. 
with their uh with their beautiful uh their beautiful like blue and and purple and red uh and an image of what appears to be like a picnic blanket laid out before <laughs> you uh takes shape and uh and a small table at the center uh and then a smoky trail uh coalesces into the form of Zalara Esmeralda. And now, welcome to the scene, uh, Elizabeth. Hey. Hello. Oh, hi. Um, uh, uh, welcome to the Cinderlands. Uh, it's been a while since you've been out. Uh, I'm sorry that it isn't in a place that has more water or plants or any shade, really. What this place lacks in vegetation, I assure you, it gains in spirit. The spirits are strong here, Damien. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah, uh, I, I kind of got that impression, um, but I, I think I was getting that impression uh, from you. So, um, I mean, we're 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 kind of. This is a really sacred place for a lot of people. Um, and we're we're hoping to make a good impression. Um, I'm not very good at making good impressions, but hopefully, you know, other folks uh here are like, you know, Trinia. Hopefully Trinia is better at making impressions. Although the first impression we had of her was running away as a criminal. Um, but uh, Trinia goes, hey. Um, but um you uh, you, you were chasing me. For the queen, yeah. who's evil, we know now. And we all regret it very much. Mm. Um. <laughs> um, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm Trinia. I don't think we've met. Uh, Trinia sort of like uh, holds out a hand for you to like shake your hand. <laughs> Zalara simply nods. Hello, I am Zalara, and I am afraid I am not corporeal. Truly. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I guess you've got sort of like a ghost, ghostly sort of thing going. Yeah. On. Yeah. She, I mean, she they, haunts the Herodic. It's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, in like a like a this is sad, and I hope that she eventually gets to move on uh, to the afterlife. Sort of cool. Um. Yeah. Uh. Well, uh, it's it's nice to meet you. Um. Why Why are you? Uh. I'm sorry. I don't know if this is rude. Why are you like coming out of the deck like now the spirits have spoken to me they speak through me and through my cards it has been a long time since the last reading i provided for my friends here and i feel it is time to again turn to the cards and see what wisdom they have to offer you um this is this is really exciting. She's only done this a few other times, and it's always before something really big happens. So generally, the big things that have happened have been bad, but hopefully this one will be good. Yeah? Yeah, hopefully, right? <laughs> there is always the chance for good or for ill in the future. That's a lesson the cards have to give. It's up to you what you make of the warnings and the signs of the cards. Are you ready? 
Damien looks around at the rest of the party uh, who are uh, surprised to see uh, Zalara once again. But um, everybody, everybody nods. Um, they're all sort of familiar with the uh, the situation. Uh, Ophelia will look over at Trinia. Um, I I don't know if you've ever you've never done a uh, you've never been present for a Harrow reading before, have you? Um, do you want to participate? Um, um y- yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard about like Harrow readings and stuff. Like, yeah, these these can be kind of intense. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, um, you know, it's like the Verisian way of, you know, predicting the future and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it's actually, like, scarily accurate a lot of the time, um, uh, and it's, it's, it's pretty neat, actually, um, so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. Cool, yeah, I could, I could go for that, like, I'm always willing to try new stuff. Good, because I sense, Trinia, that you are a part of this now. You have a role in this group. And just as you have a role in this group, so shall you have a role in this reading. First, we shall select the role cards for all of you here. Mm. And uh, Zalara, Zalara pulls pulls from the deck uh actually actually like holds holds the deck out and you see like like nine cards just sort of pull out from where they should be in the where they are in the deck and then just like sort of uh drift over and set on the table uh now if now i i pre i pre-laid the cards uh just because it's easier when working with a virtual tabletop to do it beforehand but if you guys want to like move them around or anything like that you can do whatever you want nothing up my sleeve nothing up my sleeve <laughs> <laughs> um I'll move a couple while we're while we're here. <laughs> Aww. Trinia. If you want to move any, feel free. <laughs> Trinia, as you were the last to join this group, it feels fitting that you should be the first to pick a card. Would you oh. select your role? Um what do I do? Um whichever card speaks most strongly to you. Select that card. And reveal it. And she she has this look. Uh, she sort of like looks looks at Ophelia, uh, okay. and like looks at Damien, uh, and she's like uh, kind of like holds her hand up, and you see her like move her hand over, and there's suddenly like this look in in her eyes, uh, like she's guided not entirely by her own action. Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna roll actually. Uh, <laughs> In a roll of D nine. <laughs> Ooh. One D nine. Roll for the roll card. I feel like this kind of wordplay could be very popular in she, the making of uh, particular uh, TTRPG titles <laughs> for podcasts and such. So she uh, pulls, like, if you're going left to right, the eighth card on the table. So one from the right. Oh. Uh, I see you've pulled the forge. As you can see, this is a card of strength. All of you shall be choosing roles from the suit of hammers, the suit associated with strength, because strength is something I sense you shall need in the coming time. 
and trials ahead for you. The forge, as you can see, depicts a man at a forge working away with his hammer. Trinia, as you look at this card, I want you to keep in mind this card for the spread that I shall be showing you. Your role colors the place that you have in this reading. Now, the forge means strength through diversity. I believe here it partly feels to me to indicate that this party is stronger for having you within it. It may have other meanings, though. Those who can survive a trial by fire and wind up stronger for it are represented by the forge. The forge's fire is so strong, it burns many to cinders, leaving nothing but ash. But if you survive that and come out of it, you're stronger for what you have been through. And I sense this card is very fitting for you. Is that right, Trinya? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I have been through a lot on my path to get here. Ophelia squeezes Trinia's hand. Oh. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I'm stronger for what I'm be- I've been through. Yeah. Yeah. Now, who shall choose the next roll card? Uh, here, I'll go next. Uh, Ophelia looks at Trinia and winks and uh, will draw a card. Um, Ophelia will uh, draw the second card, uh, the one f- uh, second from the left. Uh, flip card. Ah, I see you've drawn the big sky. As you can see, this is a, a card that indicates the throwing off of shackles. It depicts a man who has broken his chains and is reaching towards the freedom of the sky. This is a card that symbolizes a moment that feels important, a moment of momentous, powerful change. It can be shackles cast off, or in bad cases, it can mean Casting off one shackle to replace it with another. So <laughs> keep this in mind as we move through the reading. Okay. As as the, as the cards are being drawn, uh, the air around you is cooling, uh, and you can start to uh, again hear those rumbles. You hear uh, the sound of. You, sound, you hear the sound of clinking chains in the distance. Uh, you can uh, you can hear uh, what sounds like uh, echoing footsteps in a long hallway. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, who would um, like to go next? Lenore will uh, come up from uh, where she's sort of been guarding the back of the group. Um, I guess, uh, I guess I'll go next. Um, which one, which one? What do you guys think? What feels good? Lenore, you're supposed to do it yourself. Right. Okay. Um, crap. 
uh, Lenore will pick the one in the middle. Uh, so let's flip that one over. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, ah, no. <laughs> the beating. <laughs> Lenore, uh, this card does appear unpleasant. I acknowledge it depicts a man who is being seized by forces, in this case, by the hands of many undead who are rising from all sides to attack him. The beating can mean an attack physically from all sides, but it can also mean a mental dissolution, a loss of self. Your strength, in the case of the beating, is at risk, whether it is your strength of mind or your strength of flesh. It can be that you will find an undiscovered strength in a time of assault. So do not fear too much, but please keep it in mind for this reading. Something (gasps) about being surrounded and under assault is speaking particularly to you, Lenore. Uh, Oh God. All right. Um, well, I, I, yeah, I'll I'll keep that in mind. Uh, I guess, um, Somebody had to draw the first really scary uh, card. (laughs) Maybe, uh, I guess we can't draw the disease again, so there's that. (laughs) Um, A bead of sweat sort of drips down uh, off of Lenore's brow uh, as she um, puts down, uh, or she holds onto uh, this card as everybody else is drawing their rolls. Unia will come forward and look at the remaining cards. And not really saying much, they will uh, survey the six cards that are remaining, and they will pick the fourth card from the left remaining, the uh, sixth in the original spread, and flip it over. Oh, hello. (laughs) Yunya. You have selected the paladin for your role. A role that feels most fitting for you, yes. It does not simply symbolize a warrior on behalf of the divine. It it symbolizes strength in the face of adversity. The paladin does not back down. The paladin instead insists on staying the course no matter what the cost Ah. which can be a caution as to the cost of doing so but can also be a, a promise of strength either way keep in mind that strength and that insistence on staying the course and internalize it as we do this reading today their eyes linger on the paladin on the paladin's sword i'll do that uh, and as as you look at the paladin uh you 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 unia uh can hear uh what sounds like the distant uh invocation of battle cries uh called up in the name of Aradin that 
you know, you would have once heard uh, in the line of duty. Mm-hmm. But cries that have long since been forgotten by most. Uh, I, I guess that leaves me. Uh, I was kind of waiting to let other people go first. Um, uh, I guess there's probably a lot of scary cards remaining. Um, uh, Damien will pick the first card, the one on the far left in the spread. Ah, oh, oh. Damien, you have selected the Uprising. As you can see, this card depicts a group of people who have risen up against a power above them. You can see a peasant on this card has a pitchfork, and on that pitchfork is a crown. This is the rising up of those who have been put upon against a force much more powerful than they are. You, Damien, may perhaps be subject to an overwhelming strength that can crush those it comes in contact with. A leader, such as the queen, or whatever force may be behind her designs. This card represents rising up in the face of that force. It represents being caught in the clutches of that force, but having that chance to overthrow it. It is a neutral card, but I feel it captures your current position quite well. Keep it in mind as we proceed through this reading. You may be able to overthrow, but you are against a force much more powerful than you are. Okay, um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll keep that in mind. Okay, with that, you you start to hear the the uh, people sing singing the song of angry men. <laughs> uh, that that uprising ended in death for everyone involved. Oh, oh my god! Oh, Except it's a for different, like to one guy. <laughs> oh, it's a different uprising then. <laughs> uh, they put that on at the. Uh, in the in the theater district at, in Corvosa, and it was extremely upsetting. And the message of yes. of that of that when they put it on is that uprisings are bad, and you shouldn't have an they uprising. They fail. They lead to death. <laughs> <laughs> that is the the uh, Jean Valjean was a an idiot, <laughs> and he should have stayed in jail. <laughs> In fact, in fact, at the end of the at the end of the production, they have somebody come out and say, "In case anybody didn't interpret this properly, <laughs> we do not endorse the stealing of bread to feed your children." This is what happens when you steal bread. <laughs> Countries fall apart. Anyway, Javert, the unsung hero. Yes. Anyway. Uh, uh, but yes, uh, for a moment, if you blink. And you're looking at the card. It's almost like the crown takes on the look of the crown of fangs. <laughs> uh, but then, like, if you shake your head, it's like, oh, no, it just it looks the same. Oh, uh, it's yes. a lot of responsibility. Now, I want for all of you to keep your roll cards in mind, but also to remember these cards serve as much as a promise as they are a warning. Even cards that appear evil 
do not necessarily mean that your future and what this reading holds for you is necessarily ill. You have control over your own destiny. All the spirits can do is offer their wisdom to help guide you in your choices. Now, if you will give me your roll cards, I shall shuffle and begin the spread. Uh, and everyone will hand back their cards. Uh, Rain, if you would like to take those away from me and... Uh... Oh, you can, you can actually keep those. Oh! Uh, I've, I have two separate decks. Oh! <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> Technology. The magic of the cards! <laughs> this is also so that I can keep track of it in the future. That actually makes sense, uh, yes. Thinking about the future, doing a heroin. It's very good. <laughs> uh, and the cards are returned to the deck. Uh, Zalara begins to shuffle in that magical way that she does, where cards will rise up and float around and return to the deck. Uh, she'll uh, arc the cards across, and they'll even do like little loop-de-loops in the air as they go from one hand to the other. Uh, and fan out into different fans and then uh, collapse in on each other again. Ophelia, sensing uh, Trinia's apprehension, uh, will sort of wrap her arm around her waist and pull her in a little bit. Um, and uh, Damien will uh, get out a handkerchief and just sort of like wipe, <laughs> pat at his brow a little bit. <laughs> Lenore uh, looks a bit stressed. And Yunia actually seems to be at ease after their drawing. Hmm. Interesting. Yunia, uh, uh, the paladin, does conjure up uh, the image of the man that was in Trinia's paintings. The paladin of Aridin that led the crusade against the forces of Kazavan. It seems like drawing that card, it's very portentous for you. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking when I drew it. I was like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> and now the cards have been shuffled. They, the deck rests upon the table again. As always, we begin with looking at the past. In particular, we begin with your positive past. And here... This obviously speaks most strongly to Yunya. The positive past is the paladin, your roll card. Now, as I said, the paladin represents strength in the face of adversity, holding to the right course, even if it is hard and comes at great cost. This speaks most strongly to Yunya, but for all of you, it indicates that you have been strong thus far, and you have done your best to hold to the correct course, regardless of the cost to yourself and to others. This card speaks very strongly here, not just because of Yunya's role, but because it is also in a position of perfect alignment. It is in its true space within the spread, a very positive past indeed. Now for your neutral past, 
We have the Foreign Trader. A card from the suit of books. The Foreign Trader indicates any who trade in information. It, in some cases, may be spies, in other cases, peddlers. It is a bargain made. And it could be a bargain that rings true. You've made a deal that has turned out well, but it could also be a bargain, the ramifications of which you do not yet understand, or go beyond what you would expect. Placed here as it is in the neutral position, it, it represents a bit of both in your past. You have made some deals that have gone well for you, but some deals have turned out to have ramifications beyond what you would have expected. Mm -hmm. There's a crackling of distant thunder, uh, and, and as the thunder claps, uh, each of you sees almost uh, like in a briefly like a vision of Iliosa standing upon a balcony <laughs> as, as, uh, as the city burns before her and her looking back at you. And uh, un uh, instinctually, the, f the four constant members of the party uh, are reminded of the time that they were asked to take Trinia. Mm. Uh, Lenore shivers, remembering the additional uh, request that she join the Grey Maidens. Now, in your negative past, we have the juggler. As you can see, the juggler has many things in the air. There's a giant walking across the land, juggling towers, boats, an elephant. The juggler holds all of life in his hands and tosses them and only hopes to be able to catch them. This is a card of the suit of keys. Now, placed as it is in this negative position, the juggler represents fate or the gods playing with your lives and your destinies and perhaps faltering or perhaps oh. ensuring some tragedy or failure oh. for those whose lives are meddled with. Fate has selected you all, and it has not necessarily been kind to you. You are caught up within forces outside of your control. Lenore and Damien uh, look up and meet each other's eyes and look over at Unia. Now let us turn to your present. And once again, hey. in the positive position, we have Ooh, one damn. of your roll cards, the big sky. Now, Ophelia, I want you to keep the reading for the present here in mind as it speaks most strongly to you here. Okay. A positive influence on your present has been the throwing off of shackles, a moment of freedom. It is true that you may be exiles from your home, but you are free. 
you are under your own control. You are still in the light of day rather than imprisoned. And that is good. You may at times have doubt as to whether you are on the right course, but at the very least you can say that you have thrown off shackles and gained freedom. Now for your neutral present, we see the trumpet. Oh. The trumpet is from the suit of shields, and it depicts a winged angel blowing a trumpet, and here it is in the neutral position. The angel here is an archon, a powerful divine force. If it were aligned in the good position, then it would speak of a powerful force, likely divine, that is moving you in the correct direction. Here, neutrally placed, it may be a warning. You have multiple forces upon you, some leading you for good, and some leading you for ill. Motives that may appear noble as this Archon may not be noble at all. And following those motives, or the forces who hold those unseen motives, can lead to your ill. Yunia does appear to be paying attention again. They seem a little bit perturbed. <laughs> Finally, we have the Eclipse. No. Oh, oh god! Oh, that's, that's a super scary card! <laughs> the Eclipse is a card from the Suit of Stars, and it rather fittingly depicts the star that is our sun eclipsed completely leaving a darkness full of dangers. More metaphorically, the eclipse often means a purpose that has been overshadowed, often self-doubt or a feeling that you have lost your purpose, lost your way in some sense. Now, Ophelia, as your roll card showed up here in the present, and you can see the contrast of the big sky as your positive and the eclipse as the negative, we have the man whose hands are open to the sun compared with the man who is hunched down, away, surrounded by danger as the sun is covered, fully eclipsed. You are caught between those two things, that sense of purpose, of freedom that you have, and the sense of self-doubt. Which you are guided towards is much like the Archon. Forces can lead you towards embracing that freedom, the power it brings, or succumbing to the darkness of that self-doubt. Okay, um... This time, Ophelia is reaching for Trania's hand for comfort for herself. <laughs> um, I guess... I guess I'll keep that in mind. Um... Goodness. Now, we've seen the warnings of the present embracing freedom 
versus succumbing to a loss of self and a suppression of your your best purpose and your best possibilities. Let's see what warnings the spirits have for your future. <laughs> uh, as we actually, as we pass from the eclipse, it does seem that the area grows darker, and in the darkness there is a flash, uh, as if metal being struck against an anvil. Ooh. In your positive future position, we have again one of your roll cards. We have the Forge. Now it is no accident that the three cards in the positive position here are all roll cards from this group. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> That's amazing. Mm -hmm. It is very fitting and I want you all to think on it and on what it means for you Trinia the positive future here you are a key part of for this group mm. I see in the forge great hardships that may feel as though they will crush all of you but if you come through those hardships well, you will be stronger for having endured the trials ahead. Junia like looks at the card. She seems a bit nervous as you're talking, but then uh, as you finish saying that you'll be stronger, she like looks up at you, uh, and then she looks at Ophelia. She squeezes Ophelia's hand. Ophelia hugs her a little bit. Yeah. Now. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I, I spoke too soon. Oh, gods. A familiar card for many of us, yes. The sickness lies in your neutral future position. Now, the sickness is, an, again, a card from the suit of shields. It is a card that is evil, yes. Although here, in the neutral position, it may not have its darkest meaning. It is plague, it is pestilence. In the past, that has been most literal for you, but it may mean a corruption of the soul or of many souls. So this is a warning for your future. You have faced a sickness in the past and you have been bonded together and come out stronger. The positive future for you of the Forge indicates that whatever sickness you face ahead, you have the possibility of being stronger, but it warns you. Beware for your soul and for the souls of those around you, those you care for. And let's look at what the cards have to warn about what your negative future may bring. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. The lost. <laughs> Again, <laughs> the lost unfortunately speaks most strongly in your future. It is perfectly aligned. Of the suit of stars, it depicts a bodak, 
which is a soul lost forever to madness. So you have a hope in your future of enduring and coming out stronger, but you have a risk, a very strong risk of falling, of being lost entirely. There are forces that you will face ahead, I sense it, that are unfathomable in ways. You are not yet strong enough to face your ultimate foe, the Queen. But what you shall face, while strong, is not insurmountable. You have that promise of the forge, and I want you all to remember it, my friends, and cling to it. Look at that risk of the lost, and think of a future where you have lost yourselves, but also where the souls of those you have left behind at home may be lost instead. You have trials mm. ahead. It will not be easy, but cling to that hope that you have in each other. Look at that strength at the top of this spread, the paladin, the big sky, the forge. You are stronger together. You are exiled, but you are free. And there is hope, although there is darkness for you ahead. One thing I'd like to draw attention to as the cards are all laid out, we have both perfectly aligned. Uh, positive past. Pos positive past and negative future. Mm -hmm. uh, the paladin and the lost. Uh, both knights in shining armor. One a bastion of good and hope. The other a remnant of one who has succumbed. Yeah. We've got oh gosh some really lovely oppositions in this spread. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we have <clears throat> the the contrast of the big sky and the eclipse. Also, is just very powerful to me. Mm -hmm. mm, that's that's a really good yeah. That's a really good. I'm gonna have to take a picture of this. On the uh, Tumblr. <laughs> as usual, uh, the chills have been had. Yes. Um, as as Zalara brings up that we may risk losing the souls of those at home. Uh, she she hugs herself and sort of looks back in the direction of Corvosa, mm -hmm. um, uh, and it's clear that she's thinking about Edgar mm -hmm. and worried um, about him. The the visual the visual appearance of. The big sky and the eclipse being uh, at opposite ends of the present is is really striking because you have at the top a card with a guy and his hands up, bright sun above, and then below you have this guy cowering b before zombies with an eclipse above him in basically the exact same layout. Yeah. Uh, the art of this is really good. It's very, it's very It's neat. even a, a red-headed man in each case. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's could very well be the same person. Yeah. I I also like the opposition of the foreign trader and the mm -hmm. sickness. In Ooh, both cases you yeah. have a figure offering something from each uh -huh. hand. 
you mm-hmm. have a gamble involved you have a chance uh, the sickness very much is focused on those snake eyes she has rolled but yeah. there's yeah. there's chance Relatable. involved there's a gamble they're wearing necklaces mm-hmm. or bearing them they're both wealthy figures but you have mm-hmm. the the more mysterious foreign trader versus that sickness and and they're offering these different things yes now in mechanical terms ooh this, this is Points. a very valuable hero spread everybody Woo! now everybody gets a point for uh participating in the choosing uh so uh you're going to go ahead and mark down one for everybody okay and just, uh... then Everybody also gets one point for each card of the suit of strength that came up. So an additional three points for everybody. Woo! Uh, there were two true matches. Two points for everybody from that. Uh, and then there was one opposite match, and you're going to get a point for that as well. Wow. So you guys, I believe that, that puts you at seven for everybody. Yes. Do I get extra points for roll card showing up? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yuya, extra point. Lenore, extra point. Trinia, extra point. All right. And Unia, your card showed up perfectly matched. And if I might say, in the context of the story, very, very important here. Unia, you get another point. Yeah. Wow. So. Um, I have a lot of hero points. A lot points of this hero point. points this turn. Wow. Yeah. Um, this would usually be where I ask uh, uh, Elizabeth if you want to give them hero points, but I'm, I'm cutting you <laughs> off. I'm cutting you off. That's it. <laughs> Enough points. Enough. This is, this is too much. God. Uh, yeah. So, so everybody's everybody has seven. Yes. Trinia and Lenore have eight. Unia has nine. Yes. And I want to emphasize for any listeners who are not super familiar with the Harrow, it is incredibly unlikely that more than one roll card shows up in a spread, let alone yeah. three of them, all of them in the positive position. In three yeah, separate, like, like in a it's line, so incredibly unlikely and so beautiful, and I am happy I was here for it. Oh, gosh, yeah, uh, Daft, I might have to ask you to run the statistics on on that. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. This one is huge, man. This is this is so wild. Fate finally smiles <laughs> upon us. Uh, I do. This will be say... good because. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, okay. no, no! I'm just I'm babbling. I'm very excited now. Just. So you know what we're doing with these cards, right? Uh, when you show up, when you show up in your scene of the choosing, basically each card is associated with a given scene, mm-hmm. uh, and when we enter into that scene, you will gain certain benefits. When we enter into the scene of your choosing, uh, we uh, you will gain a plus two bonus on all strength based checks and an adi- and an additional plus four bonus on grapple. Uh, combat maneuvers and strength checks to break objects. Ooh. Um, now, as always, you can use uh, your hero points to reroll checks of the chapter's suit. So, in this case, strength-based checks. All right. 
that's climb checks, grapple checks, any strength-based check. You can re-roll it by spending a hero point. You can keep spending hero points until you get it right. So if you really have a strength check you need, uh, have, them in, have them in use. Uh, yeah, Ophelia, we need you to arm wrestle somebody. Uh, um, you, can, you can spend a hero point to do a brutal strike, uh, which is you gain a plus five bonus on damage rolls with all melee or natural weapons for the duration of one combat. Ooh. Uh, or when spending on a brutal strike, you could ignore an object's hardness for one round. Completely ignore it. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with hardness, hardness is any object's resistance to being damaged. Basically, when you hit an object that has hardness, uh, you reduce any damage it takes by the hardness, unless the damage type that you're dealing is what that object is vulnerable to. For instance, Rocks are vulnerable to sonic damage because, you know, it fractures them. Uh, or wood is vulnerable to fire damage because it burns it. Uh-huh. Uh, and, but, but generally speaking, uh, when an object takes damage, you subtract the hardness and then apply the damage. Mm-hmm. Daft and I are very familiar with hardness because we play Iron God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a, a player character can spend a hero point to tr- be treated as a size category larger than normal for the purpose of attempting grapple combat maneuvers, wielding weapons, lifting heavy objects, and determining whether a hungry monster can swallow her whole. That seems oh. really specific. <laughs> that does uh, seem really specific. This adjustment lasts for one encounter, but no more than 10 minutes. Okay. For uh, Can you just give me the list again? Size, category, larger, uh, I've, for... I've posted it in chat. Excellent. Okay. Yes. So you can refer back to it as many times as you need. Ooh, look at that. Okay. Uh... Uh, and with that, uh, with the hero points thus allocated, the, the spread done, the sounds of the harrowing begin to fade. And with them, so too does the table. The deck returns to uh, the satchel at Damien's side. And Zalara also begins to fade. Thank uh, you. Zalara, do you have any final words? Remember, I'm always here when you need me. Until next time. Bye. Nice meeting you. Trinia waves. Yes, uh, um, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'll uh, keep in mind. Uh, Lenore is still looking back towards Corvosa. Yes, thank you, Zalara. And with that, she fades away. And in the absence of all the imagery of the Harrow, you become aware that you have an audience. There are archers lining the cliffs around you. Their bows trained on you. Right. We were going to, we got distracted. We were going to say something like we come in peace. And, uh, and a man with a skull painted over his face approaching. Uh, we are going to put our hands up. Uh, we are not holding weapons. We would like to appear non-threatening. Yes. Now, um, now, uh, as a note, uh, Elizabeth, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Oh, thank this you again so, for having me. So neat. It's oh my so goodness. Cool. Oh uh, my goodness. What a what a powerful reading. I have they this stuff never fails to give me chills, but this one especially yeah. is just. My goodness. (laughs) 
Thank you for being here. Thank you for doing the reading for us. This is lovely. It's always nice to have you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I love the cards and I love your podcast. So I am more than happy to be involved in this way. Ooh, um, before you go, should we give you uh, an opportunity to um, talk about your podcast a little bit? Well, if you're uh, where, where are you coming from? What what do you do? <laughs> I'm coming from the Dimension Door. Since you're listening to to Have and to Roll, you clearly have excellent taste in actual play podcasts. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, obviously. You probably love Pathfinder. Uh, if you'd like to get even more of a Pathfinder fix to help get you between to Have and to Roll episodes on the Dimension Door, we're currently. <laughs> I know it can be a while. The Reign of Winter, and. Mm-hmm. We also have a sister podcast, Severed Fate, which is playing through Carrion Crown. They have kind of very different feels to them, but what unites our podcasts is some really great editing. We have original soundtrack from our sound editor, Zach Kreitler. And we're very focused on role play and story, a lot like in this podcast. So if you like to have into role, I dare say, I think you'll like Dimension Door as well. I think that's absolutely right. Definitely. Uh, I think anybody listening to this podcast would love Dimension Door. Yes. Um, I certainly. It's so good. <laughs> I love it a lot. Thank oh, you. It means thank the you. world to hear. <laughs> we're back all righty so as the as the image fades you find that there are uh scone bone slayers uh, perched on the cliffs around you and uh a man with a skull painted over his face he looks to be probably about middle age Oh, it's not Thousand Bones. No, he's he's got like the full skull oh, uh, face paint over over <laughs> his head. Where you've got actually the so the Bone Slayers they wear like wolf heads. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, they're all women. That's uh, they're cool. they their 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 faces are painted stark white with black on their cheekbones and around their eyes uh, and on their noses, uh, and then lines across their lips. Look like skulls, mm-hmm. this and is then, simple. and then they. This man approaches you. His head is not painted white, but he has uh, a wide smile of bared teeth painted across his face, and swirls tattooed on his head. On his shoulder, he bears a huge skull tattooed on his uh, arm, oh and. Uh, he's got a he has a muscular but lithe body, uh, and from from the crow's feet around his eyes and the wrinkles on his forehead, you can tell that he's probably about a middle aged man. He has sun baked skin, uh, as as if he is a guy who spends all of his time outside. Uh, and the you see the archers pulling their bows taut, <laughs> their their white faces glowering at you. And we're all. Uh... Um, uh, those of us who went on the, uh, 
the parapet with Iliosa that one time, I reminded a little bit of being surrounded by archers in that previous instance. And we're just going to make sure that our hands are up. We are not holding any weapons. We are looking as non-threatening as possible. Damien has left the cards on the ground and has not moved to pick them up. As he approaches, the man holds up a hand looking at all of you. And he speaks in Shawanti when uh, he first speaks to you. Okay, Damien can speak Shawanti. Okay. Nobody else can. I mean, maybe uh, Trinia can? I don't know. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, I'm checking Trinia right now to see if she can. No. She Trinia does not. Tongues curse. Trinia does not speak Shawanti. So, uh, does anybody... Uh, hold on, does anybody else speak Shawanti? Nope. Okay. So, um... The man uh, with the teeth, uh, actually the teeth are tattooed across his face or along his lips. Wow. These lands are guarded by the wardens of the Callow Mounds. We, the Skonqua. And who are you, Shamek, who trespass upon our domain? Um, hello. Um, we are the Cover of Night. I'm Damien Cosmos. These are my friends. Um... We are here to uh, have a meeting with the Skonqua, uh, particularly Thousand Bones, regarding um, information on some artifacts of particular danger that we've been uh, informed of their existence. And you see uh, his eyes dart across all of you, his hands still raised. Uh, did you answer in Shawanti or yes. did you answer in... Uh, yes, okay. Damien would answer in Shawanti. Uh, now, one thing uh, that I will uh, say that Damien would know, there was one word among what he said, uh, the word Shamek, uh, which is uh, spelled T-S-H-A-M-E-K. Uh, that is a Shawanti word. Uh, it's it's a word for outsiders, but it's it's basically a slur. It's basically saying people who do not belong and never will belong, right? Mm-hmm. Um... And it, most often it refers to chalish people. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, and Understandable. And as you respond, you see his, his demeanor changes a bit as you speak back to him in Shawanti. Mm. You seek the Council of Thousand Bones, my father. Y yep. And you know his name. A tiefling. A worshipper of the Shamek god, Eridan. Uh, and he looks at, he looks at uh, Ophelia, one from a distant land, and he looks at Lenore, and the smith. I have heard of you. What's he saying? Uh, he said he's, he says he's heard of you uh, for and your smithing. He continues, and then he, then he switches to common, uh, Talden, I should specify. Cover of night. My father has spoken of you. Tell me, what brings you to our sacred charge, the Kalo Mounts? Ophelia will take out Kester's drawing of the Crown of Fangs. <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm just getting out. And yeah, actually, as you're, as you're pulling, as you're going to pull out the uh, paper, you, you can see the archers uh, tightening there. Tightening their, uh, or rather, uh, pulling back their bowstrings a bit more, like. Whoop. It's just paper. 
I'm just getting a, a piece of paper. And he, uh, the, the man holds up another hand and he gestures for you to... Actually, uh, if anybody wants to roll Knowledge Nobility, yes, um, you can do that now. Everybody can roll Knowledge Nobility. We will start with Lenore. Everybody except Trinia. Trinia doesn't uh, actually Lenore know this. Lenore got a four. That's probably not good. Knowledge, yeah, so Lenore got a seven. <laughs> nope. Unia got a 17. Ophelia. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> an 11. Uh, and Damien. A 26. 26. It's aided by two. Uh, uh, Damien, uh, you actually know who this guy is because he said, Thousand Bones, my father. Mm -hmm. uh, you will know that this would be Chief One Life, leader uh. of the Skonquah. Uh, the father of Gaken, uh, the the man who was dismembered by Rolf Lamb. Yes. And so you know uh, that this man is Chief One Life, leader of the Skunkwa. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's here. Oh, God. Um, now, uh, did you have a response for uh, why you are here? You see, yeah. you're pulling out the yeah. picture of um, the... We, we have evidence uh, here. Um, we're looking for information, a particular relic from a dragon named Kazavon. Do you want, uh, do you want to, like, uh, specify that you know who he is? The it would be, yes. I, I will also say, with the nobility check, you would know that you would gain points by addressing him by name and oh, knowing who he yes. is. Yes. Chief, <laughs> Chief One Life it is an honor to make your acquaintance. Mm. We seek information on an artifact from the death of a dragon known as Kazavon in the form of the crown of things Queen Iliosa now wears. We have heard that your people may have additional information on this relic that was stowed beneath the Black Pyramid and which has been dug up against all warning. <sighs> against all warning indeed. My people have not defended the Grand Mastaba for generations. I have no knowledge of this thing you speak of. But your names are known to me, and I know what you did for my son. I'm very sorry. Your people killed him. They mutilated his body, and it's only through the power of my father that he was even able to be given a proper burial. Yeah. But you... You faced off against those who did harm to us. And as such, we will receive you as guests. And he, he gestures for the archers to lower their bows. Come. You must be tired. Hungry from your journey. We will rest. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, we also appreciate not being poked full of holes today. That's, that's usually a... <laughs> Good situation. Sorry, it's very dry here. <laughs> and uh, and he he comes forth uh, and gives you a salute uh, in which in which basically he has this this dragon skull like thing on his on his arm that has like a blade protruding from the That's so from cool. the front. 
that he that basically usually it, it protrudes out from from his hand uh-huh. like directly out uh, along the line of his arm. Uh-huh. But he twists it and grabs it and uh, puts it uh, puts the flat of the blade to his chest. Uh, we will mimic the gesture, although we have nothing in our hands. Yes, uh, and he will gesture for the archers to uh, basically move out, and they they slip behind the. Uh, they slip behind the edges of the cliffs. Two of them uh, actually slide down the embankments uh, and take up flanking positions around you. Bow's still at the ready, but not drawn anymore. Okay. And okay. he starts to lead you toward the eastern part of the Calamance. I'm just going to get my, my, my cards and uh, my cloak over here. Uh, just give me a second. <laughs> you didn't... Did you, did you happen to see um, the, the uh, visions and stuff that were happening there, or were we just standing there like idiots for like 15 minutes? We saw your speech with the spirit. Whether you were friend or foe, it is forbidden to break the peace of the Callow Mounds, especially when the spirits speak to those present. Well, uh, we appreciate your discretion. Mm. Um, this is why we are wardens of the Callow Mounds. Not rulers. Yeah. And Damien is sort of chattering nervously. Uh, you know, we uh, we we got here. Uh, we um, used a shadow walk to get here, actually. So it's a uh, it hasn't been as as long as it might have seemed. Um, this is uh, it, um, it uh, it it's very dry here. Yes, um, a parched land, not one that was uh, that has often been meant for settlement. No. And yet, this is where we live. I mean, I'd, I'd heard, uh, but I've never actually been here before. Welcome to the Cinderlands, friend. Uh, thank, this thank you. This is the, the world as you will find it here. It is a harsh life, but it is ours. Uh, and uh, as you're walking, you'll be, you'll be walking uh, past hundreds of these little cairns with uh, spiraled stones wow. and skulls on top of them. Uh, and actually, I do have art. Ooh! Uh, I'm gonna share with you the art. Uh, so you can see what the area looks like. Oh, that's really neat. And um, and you can see the uh the archers with their skull yes. faces. Look at them! Oh wow! Uh, and I appreciate the dedication to an aesthetic. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> it's very cool. And he, he says, uh, I appreciate that you know me. And he just he looks to the others. I am Chief One Life, Chieftain of the Scone Qua. And these are my bone slayers, those that patrol the Callow Mounds, searching for undead that seek to disturb the sleep of those who rest peacefully. Oh, um, are undead a big problem around here? They can be. As with many places where the dead rest, some do not rest peacefully. Oh, um, thank you for the warning. The You will have no concern here. Bone Slayers keep this place safe. I mean, they, they, they seem very, very good at their jobs. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, he leads you to a, uh, a set of uh, yurts on the eastern side of the Calamounds. 
many of them decorated with patterned skulls overlooking this little settlement you will actually see there is a large wing or a large uh winged creature sunning itself uh as it overlooks you oh. it has um let me see oh that thing looks cool yeah. it is a creature that has this like brass colored scales uh, and wide leathery wings, but a mane of fur uh, and what looks like a horned lion head uh, on the front. Uh, uh, its tail is spined down the back, uh, but ends in a tuft of fur like that of a lion. It looks kind of kind of like a manticore, but not exactly. Yeah. Would I be able to make some sort of knowledge check on this thing? Make a knowledge nature. All right, who has knowledge nature? Have any of us taken ranks in knowledge nature? We are all a bunch of city slickers. Um, knowledge nature? Damien has knowledge nature, thank God. Uh, does Trinia have knowledge nature? Can somebody help? <laughs> um, yes, Trinia has knowledge nature. Okay. Well, okay. she's a bard, so she can make it untrained anyway. Okay, okay. Oh no. <laughs> I got a 15. 24. Oh. Hey, that's enough. Uh, so Trini would go, would like, like lean to her goes like, oh, that's a, that's Dragon. Uh, she would say it's a creature with the wings of, a, with the features of a lion, but the wings and scales of a brass dragon <sighs> and a mane uh, matching its scales. That's cool. What is this thing called? A Dragon. A Dragon. So it's dragon with an E at the end. Yeah. Okay. A dragon and then N E. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, D R A G O N N E. Yes, Dragon. All right. Um, and so, possessing the savage instincts of lions and the cunning of brass dragons, dragons uh, combine the fiercest features of these noble of these noble creatures into predators, both awe-inspiring and deadly. The origin of dragons generates endless speculation. The odds of these creatures being direct crossbreeds of dragons and lions are quite remote for numerous reasons. <laughs> the two creatures uh, rarely share the same territories. Few creatures as clever as brass dragons would choose to mate with simple lions, and dragons' abilities differ significantly from that of metallic dragons. While otherworldly breeding experiments and magical mishaps remain possibilities, few satisfying explanations make themselves apparent. Although many creatures rightly fear these ferocious hunters, Few dragons are blatantly evil. Most are just highly territorial and seek to defend their homes and hunting grounds from interlopers. Creatures that draw too close to a dragon's lair are typically met by the resident's fearsome roar, followed by the claws and fangs uh, if this warning is ignored. Uh -huh. Those who attempt to settle in a dragon's territory find themselves harassed constantly until they decide to leave or the dragon is slain. These intimidating predators spend the majority of their time on the ground, even while in combat, since their wings prove somewhat ungainly. Mm -hmm. Now, with a 24, you will also know, looking at this dragon, that its wings actually look uh, crippled. Like, oh. they're, they're, they're so damaged that it doesn't look like it would actually be able to fly. Oh. Like, the, the bones are bent, and mm. it, it does not look like it's, it's actually capable of flight. Uh, but as you guys are approaching, it actually stands up from from, lay, from where it's been sunning itself. It stretches. You can see its massive draconic claws uh, stretching out, uh, and it and it yawns. It actually bounds down the uh, bounds down the cliff face toward you, uh, and 
Damien, David's gonna go, eh. Chief One Light Life holds up a hand, and as he does, and as he does so, uh, the creature the creature moves uh, to put its head uh, under his hand, <gasps> and he runs his hand along its horns, uh, and then down into its mane. Lenore is watching wide-eyed. Wow. He looks at he looks at Chief One Life and say, and and, and says, uh, who speaks Draconic? Um. Damien? Damien does. That's it. So, Damien, you hear it, like, look at him and say, Ah, have you brought me another meal? Uh, no, yes. No. <laughs> and Chief One Life responds back in Draconic. It's like, no. These are those, these are the ones who returned Gaken to us. And, uh, at that, the Dragon actually nods toward you and sort of bows its head a bit. Can I, can I pet it? I wouldn't recommend Okay. Hi, you're really cool. Uh, and it just it just looks at you and, and uh Damien you just hear Oh, they're speaking Shamek. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in Draconic. <laughs> Damien says a little a little bit snippily in Draconic, uh making sure that he pronounces everything very accurately. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Roll diplomacy. <laughs> Having Damien roll diplomacy is always a, oh boy. That's a, let's see what that that plus zero modifier gets us. <laughs> I rolled a seventeen. Damn. Uh, okay, and it sort of it sort of goes. I'm sure it is. I'm Wicked Claws. Wicked Claws. And as it does, as it says that, it actually flexes one of its front paws. You're very aptly named. <clears throat> You're very aptly named. Uh, you enter into this encampment. There are about 75 people, like, uh, making their way around the encampment. Some of them cooking, some of them tanning leather. Uh, there are a few people tending to some dogs and other, uh, animals. They have a few horses on hand. A number of yurts around, including, uh, one that is rather large with a, with a hole in the top out of which smoke is rising. And... Uh, from this, you will actually see the flaps of the yurt open, and an old man <gasps> uh, with a skull painted on the front of his face uh, emerges. Hello! And uh, he leans heavily on his walking stick, his long black hair uh, falling behind him, uh, and his uh, dark, uh, his dark cracked skin uh, is drawn into a smile as he sees you. Greetings, cover of night. I received word from Seneschal Kalapopolis that you would be joining me. Yes. Um, I hope I hope your welcome was appropriate. He looks at One Life. Yes. They've um, all respected the sanctity of the Kalamounts, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Welcome. As, uh, and he says, I'm sure you are tired from your journey. You have come a long way. Uh, actually, we, we kind of, uh, we used a, um, a spell to get here faster. So we're, you know, we, we could, we could, we could, we could probably go, uh, for more of the day. I could eat though, uh, if mm. you're. Well, uh, we, we have some, we have some dried meat and, uh, and, uh, and bread available. To you. Uh, however, tonight 
We will celebrate your arrival. We will have a council fire, and we will discuss the matters that bring you so far. All right. That, that sounds... Until then, rest. Uh, avail yourself of, uh, of these lodgings. So you may be prepared to discuss important matters. Thank you. Uh, uh, and uh, he, like leaning heavily on his staff again, he, he walks uh, and he goes, uh, he's pointing out like various people and telling you their names. Uh, like he tells you the name of of uh, the tanner who's working with the leather. There's a Fletcher uh, whose name that he tells you. Um, he points to a woman, uh, a woman in the distance who is actually uh, who's actually stockpiling arrows. Uh, mm. An older woman. She goes. This is Ash Dancer. She is the leader of the uh, Bone Slayers. They're they're so they're so amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've already met Wicked Claws. Yeah. Um. How how could I how could I make friends with Wicked Claws? Uh. I I just. Well. He, he looks really soft. <laughs> if you are friendly to my son, Wicked Claws will respect you. Okay. He was injured by a bullet many years ago. Oh. And my son restored him to health. Since then, he has been his companion. That's... that's so nice. I'm sorry about the bullet, though. I can't imagine who would do that. No, uh, bullet. Oh. It's a creature that stalks these, uh, regions. Oh. Uh. I think you may have heard of them as <clears throat> land sharks. Oh. They burrow underground and emerge to charge at creatures. Yes. Uh, We felt some rumbling in the ground back of the Calamounds. Was that those things? No, they do not venture this far south. Okay. Not since One Life established that this area is protected. It sounds like he's done a lot of really good things for the community here. He has. He's a good man. I am proud of him. So... He does not believe you should be here. Uh, It is only out of deference for the favor you have done in the return of his son. uh, He tolerates your presence. Yeah, we heard that we might not be the most welcome here. Honestly, Mm. I I get it. I imagine most things that come out of Corvosa don't bode well for you folks. No. Hmm. Um, but uh, we'd, we'd like to we'd like to help out where we can and uh, prove our worth if we can, um, and hopefully. Uh, the task before you. Uh, the task before you is not easy. The people here. I worked with you, and I know you. But my word can only sway so many. If I were to speak on your behalf too strongly, there are those who would say that my heart has turned against the plight of our people. And thus, my word is only an introduction. But more of that 
tonight. All right. Please. And he gestures toward uh, one of the guest tents. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And uh, you'll find a place uh, with a uh, little with furs uh, laid out uh, for beds. Uh, and there's uh, little there's little parcels of uh, bread wrapped in leaves. Oh. And uh, and little clay clay containers of water. Oh, that's very nice of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll and, we'll uh, drop our packs and uh, uh, set down set down all of our stuff and uh, take a little. A little siesta. I imagine it's a middle of the day sort of situation. Yeah, you're pretty you're hot probably, out. Yeah, you're. It's super hot out, and getting out of the sun is very, uh, very uh, rewarding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can see why they want to wait until the sun goes down to do anything like mm -hmm. strenuous. This is, whew. Um, do you, does it ever get as hot here? as hot as it is here in Corvosa, even at like the height of summer. Um you know, it's it's it can. Uh it's a dry heat here though. Yeah, yeah. It's um, not like when, when Corvosa gets hot, it's fucking soup. It's soup. Yeah, you're it, you're at soup. <laughs> here it's it, you just feel the sun just baking down on you. The and, whole time. and it just like it feels like you're turning into a raisin as all of your sweat is just whipped away by the dry wind. Um Oh gosh. Yeah, uh, that's like a like a Southern California, mm -hmm. um, uh, like Arizona, uh, Death Valley <laughs> yes, type yes. heat. Yes, very, very, <laughs> very much like uh, the American Southwest, actually. Oh. Um, uh, Get like some Painted Valley buttes in the background. Um, as the day gets a little bit later, um, there will actually be like a... a a teenager who like comes to comes to your tent uh, and sort of looks at you and goes, uh, "Thousand Bones wishes to speak with you." Okay. Uh, and uh, basically, the kid has uh, head shaved like most of the people here, but he but he has like a single braid like running down uh, the back of his of his uh, neck. Uh, Jedi and, Padawan style. Yep, Jedi Padawan style. Nice. Uh, and uh, and and like. Uh, he runs back out after uh, saying that. Uh, and... Yunia. Yunia. What? Yunia, you have to get up. Thousand Bones wants to talk to us. It's so hot. Let me sleep. <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, we're still we're still about like four o'clock here, so it's still pretty fucking hot. Um, Come on! <laughs> even in the tent, like... The only thing that you have going for you here in the tent is that the sun's not hitting you directly. <laughs> it's still like an oven. <laughs> uh, and you're just drenched in sweat at this point. It's it's really uncomfortable. Yunia has poured some water from the little clay pot uh, container onto like a rag, and they have it across their forehead. Yes. Uh, <laughs> your, your face is probably a little bit flushed at this point. Your face is just bright pink. Yes. Uh, and it, it's okay. Here, let's let's get you up. Um, maybe we prepare indoor elements tomorrow. Does that sound good? Yes, that sounds fine. <laughs> mm. And um, actually, as you leave the 
uh, tent. Uh, there are a few people who like look at you. Um, you see like whispers as you're moving around. Uh, make a perception check. Actually. All right, perception checks all around. Lenore. Twenty. Unia. Seven. They are. I got a two on die. They are out of it. Uh, um, you will note that you'll note that while there, while there's a lot of people like sort of like whispering as you pass and stuff like that. Um, uh, who got the twenty? Uh, that was Lenore. 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 Uh, you notice that a lot of them, uh, their gazes are resting on Unia. Uh, and in fact, uh, you see one person probably in their sixties or something like that. Very, very like you know they have that look. Of somebody who's in their 60s, but has been doing, like, a lot of physical labor yeah, the yeah. entire time. So, like, really gaunt, uh, mm -hmm. tight uh, tight skin across their bones. Uh, and I'm like, writing 60s sinewy. Yes, sinewy. And uh, and they, they look at Unia, and they actually, like, uh, as they do so, they hold their hands up in front of their face and cross their arms. And you can see... Uh, a seven-pointed star on one of their hands, mm. and they—they they, they basically they hold their hands up in front of their face, look down, and uh, and you can see this symbol on their hand, as if not trying to look at Unia. So yes. okay, uh, okay, and uh, you actually saw somebody do this before. Yes, uh, uh, when you were at Citadel Vraid. It was one of the uh, Shawanti who was cleaning right. one of the bridges. Did this to you? Yes. Damien, uh, while you were describing that, I rolled for Damien. Damien got a 26. Could Damien understand any of the whispers uh, as somebody who both rolled higher than the Whisper DC uh, yes. as somebody who speaks Shawanti? Yes. Um, a few people are saying things like, what is Thousand Bones thinking bringing a Thrall Keeper in here? A Thrall Keeper? Yes. Uh, are, are they calling Unia that? Yes. They are. They are saying Thrall Keeper when they look at Unia. Okay. Calling Unia a thrall keeper. Yes. Huh. <laughs> Damien's just gonna hold that to himself for now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and maybe you know, if people aren't obviously picking up on the the general, uh, we'll say suspicion, if not outright hostility, um, that the rest of the folks here are displaying. Uh, Damien will just sort of uh, mutter to everyone, "Watch yourselves. Um, they don't they don't like us." Um, but I you think will, I think that's pretty obvious, Damien. You will be led by this uh, teenager uh, to uh, Thousand Bones, who's actually at the edge of the camp. Uh, and he will, uh, again, leaning on his, uh, raven-headed staff, uh, dressed now in a, in a feathered cloak, and he will go, walk with me. And he starts to walk west out of the camp. All right, we will follow. And, um, you will find, he will be leading you, uh, down one of the winding paths along the Callow Mountains. Come to a place where there are cairns uh, topped with the skulls of ravens. Ah. Uh, and uh, and you will like moving into the place, basically where before you would see many different skulls uh, adorning different things. In this in this uh, little eddy off the side of the canyon, uh, you see it's all raven skulls. 
and he actually leads you uh, down this winding path for a bit uh, until you come to what appears to be uh, uh, a cairn that is that is not particularly old. Oh, this is um, this is Gikens, isn't it? Yes. I must thank you, bringing him home to us, that he may rest. I wish we could have done more. I'm sorry we couldn't bring him back. By the time you found him, he was already gone. And it is not our way to entreat souls to return if the value of the offering would be better used on the living. Gakin was a young man. He was a trained warrior, but he had very few great deeds. You did everything you could. Yeah. Do not let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, uh, uh, um, Thousand Bones, sir, um, while we're alone, um, I heard some people at the camp, um, what is a Thrall Keeper? Thrall Keeper. Uh, and he, he says a, he says a word in Shawanti that you don't know of any other meaning, uh, but he gets, you get that it's, it's that. They were the people who came before. Worshippers of old gods long lost to this land. The people who held our people in servitude. Uh, we call them thrall keepers, but I believe the word in your language was rune lord. Oh. Thessalonian. They held our people in chattel, but long ago our people rebelled. Their empire was scattered. But then another came with similar goals. He sought to conquer our lands. He looks at Yunia. He looks at Yunia's holy symbol. He called himself Eridan. But we knew what he was. He drew on powers that were not his own and sought to claim more for himself. Thrallkeeper, just as the rune lords before him. I, I, I don't believe Yunia sort of shaking themselves out of their heat-induced stupor. I, excuse me. I, I don't believe that anyone I have, I worked with or who taught me ever held another person in chattel, as you said. Mm. I, I don't believe that was ever a goal of Eridan's. I'm not sure where you got that impression. Mm. And as you say that, you see him sort of like look at you, almost like you're like a child. <laughs> and shakes his head and he goes no I cannot imagine you would possibly know what your Eridan brought to my people uh, he looks out over the uh, lines of dead many of these were warriors this has been our burial ground for hundreds of years but 
Do you know where our burial grounds were before? Uh... Banks of a mighty river that opened onto the sea. Oh. You will recall the place where you found Gaken was a Shawanti tomb. Where they could be interred, not beneath the sun, resting among their brothers and sisters. That cannot be done here. Unia lowers their head. Uh, they seem to be a bit more flushed. Your people came first with messages of noble quests, vanquishing monsters. But when they had proved their might against the monsters, who then did they turn to? You say that the Chelish have never held people in chattel, but Citadel Vraid stands. The prisoners held there have no crime but defending their homes. And yet every day they are pushed with whips, bound with chains. Citadel Vraid is... Citadel Vraid is monstrous, but it is run by those who worship devils. Those who Mm. turned from the path. Servants of Cheliax. The same Cheliax that sent your people here. Lenore looks sharply at Unia. Unia, you are welcome here for the honor you have done in returning my son. But your god is not. I understand my legacy is not what any of us had planned. Thank you for allowing me to be here. I forget that although I and others came here with noble intentions, others who held those same goals did not have any nobility in mind. You've lived as long as I do. Concepts like nobility wash away. And there is only truth. And the truth is every chalice soldier, every cleric of Eredin who came to this land paved the way for those who followed. The card that Zolara showed in the neutral present, the trumpet, Mm -hmm. flashes in Unia's mind. You will have the greatest challenge proving yourself before these people. That is the truth. You can try to... And he's, and he's sort of like he sort of his his expression has has sort of softened that you can tell as he's saying this he's not saying this to like deride you or mm-hmm. like mock you or anything like that you can see he is laying it out for you mm-hmm. you will have the most difficult time the people will never accept your god 
and they will hate you for the fact that you bear his symbol. These days I'm hated even by others who worship my god. This is nothing new. But you, you are noble, and I hope your deeds will speak louder than the symbols you bear. But no, every time they see the symbol around your neck, they will see pain. Unia looks down at their holy symbol. It is not the first time we have been relegated to shadow. And they put it away. Mm-hmm. And then he goes... Then he sort of, like, nods, leaning on his staff again. Please. And he just looks kind of around to the rest of you. You must tell me of your adventures. Much has happened since we last spoke. Yeah, um, I... Have you... Have you met Trinia? Um... Hey! This is... I'm Trinia. Uh, yeah, um, this is, this is Trinia. You, we may have had kind of a rocky start to our friendship, but, um, it's going really well now. Uh, mm-hmm. she sort of takes Trinia's hand and squeezes it. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, Thousand Bones smiles and goes, ah. Oh, oh, you should tell him, um, tell him about the voice in your head. Uh, Trinia and the, the spirit that uh, haunts her uh, for her oracle curse. Yeah, he, he sort of... Uh, actually, I need to go to the bathroom. Like, oh, okay, okay. So, uh, and then we'll tell him about okay. Roth. So, um, yeah, Trinia twiddles her thumb, twiddles her fingers. Yeah, like, hey. oh, you should tell him about the the, uh, the ghost that saved you. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, Maybe he can help with the, the, the distracting dilly. Well, she goes, oh, yeah, um, so... Um, I, uh, kind of, kind of weird story, right? Um, I, uh, kind of maybe got like a little bit possessed, (laughs) um, by, uh, a, basically I was captured by these guys. They were called the Craghawks. Uh, and when they had me captured, they threw me in this cave and it turns out it was a tomb. It was a Shawanti tomb and, uh, the spirit, uh offered to help me get out and it did uh but then i died uh, and it kind of unrelated came back with me and now it's um it's it's like always there and like it's it's like it's always talking to me and thousand bones is going to uh like sort of like look at her and sometimes it tells her things like things that she wouldn't know and so you see, you see him sort of like look, look at her. And goes, it speaks to you, and tells you things that you have not heard before. She goes, yeah, yeah. Like um, sometimes I know stuff that I don't know if I'm uh, supposed to know. Yeah, uh, she she uh, gave us the location of an artifact that none of us even knew existed hmm. uh, when so she came he, back to life. He looks at her. It would seem that. By allowing a spirit into your body, when yours passed beyond the mortal realm and was called back, the connection between you and the spirit that possessed you was strong enough to bring both. But without a body to call its own, the spirit was bound to the last body it inhabited. Oh, wow. 
It is. He's, he sort of like looks at you. Your people would usually treat this as the same. A possession of an undead entity. But it is not undead. Oh, okay. That was a, that was a big concern. So, um... It has been brought back in the same way that you were. Oh. But without a place to call its own, it resides within you. Uh, so, um, if we want to, uh, get it its own body, how do we do that? I'm afraid that the separating of souls, when they are joined like this, is beyond mortal magic. Oh. Okay. You would need a power that drives the multiverse itself. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Um, do, do you happen to know, like, what the likelihood is of uh, something like this um, being uh, present while Trinia is doing things in private? Hmm? Um, you know, is it is it watching her at all times? Is it? It can just see sort of what there? she sees. It can hear what she hears. Oh, God. Um. Okay. Okay. Um. I might have some apologizing to do then. <laughs> uh, and uh, additionally, he says, uh, and because it is with you at all times, it can hear whispers of those. From the spiral. The spiral? Those who have passed beyond the mortal realm. Oh. Wow. The whispers you hear are not even the whispers of the spirit itself. They are the echoes of the river of souls. Oh, wow, that's so much. Uh, Trini, are you okay, hon? Oh, she goes... Um, that's a lot more than I thought it was. Are we in a polycule now? Um, I don't know. Um, um I, I, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. If the spirit is unhappy with your actions, it would make that known. But he, he looks at Trinia. It is important to know your body is yours. This... There's something of a guest to you. Make of that what you will. But, as I can tell, you are inseparable now. The only hope that you might have is that you can learn to commune with this spirit. Uh, it will be difficult, as the stronger you grow, the stronger its connection to the material plane will grow. But, it will listen if you speak to it. And Trinia just goes, okay, okay, um, so, talk to it, and, um, it's always seeing it, everything that I'm doing, but, um, I can still do anything I want. It's like, if you do something that the spirit is uncomfortable with, you will know. So I guess it hasn't been uncomfortable with anything we've done so far. Good to know. Ophelia looks pretty <laughs> embarrassed. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, I don't have more advice. If you were if you were one of my tribe, I would offer you tutelage in the communing with spirits. But you are not. 
And as such, those rights are not ones that I would be comfortable sharing. I think that makes sense. Uh, is that, that, that's okay with you too, right, hon? Yeah, yeah, um, I, I, I don't want to, like, impose, I, I mean, like, I, I know, yeah. um, yeah, um, I understand, I understand. Well, I brought you here so you could pay your respects to my grandson. Uh, okay, um. And so that I could offer thanks for his return. Yeah, um, um, should I touch the cairn or not? These are but stones. Okay. Whatever you wish. Okay. Um, Eleanor will, uh, hold out her, uh, will hold out her hand, uh, and put it on, uh, the closest stone. Um, uh, hi, Kikin. Um, I'm glad that your remains have made it here safely. Um, we killed Roth Lamb. He's, he's gone. Um, we found him in, uh, uh, an old ruin, uh, an old Thessalonian ruin, I think. Uh, Lenore glances at Damien, who nods. Um, a bunch of Ergothoans had taken it over, and he was there making horrible things. But we've stopped him. He, and he's never gonna hurt anyone else again. I wish we could have done more to save you. I have been reminded recently how important it is to protect our families. And I know that your family knows that we've done everything we could, but I'm, I'm going to need to do more to consider this horrible wrong repaid. Um, Thousand Bones picks up a stone from, uh, like, the uh, wall of the grotto here, and he puts it in your hand. What, what should I do with this? He goes, place it on the can, in line with the spiral. Okay. Um, Lenore will, uh, go around, um, and sort of, um, see if her her general uh, sort of knowledge of good aesthetics uh, to find a, a nice place to put the rock. You can roll uh, blacksmithing if you want. Oh, 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 I haven't gotten to do this in a while. Mm -hmm. Craft smithing. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, that's sort of where your knowledge of aesthetics comes from. I got a 22. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you find a spot where um, where one of basically the 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 mound is made up of uh, a series of encircling spirals. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, all of them meet at the top, mm -hmm. but you can continue one of them up the sides. Uh, That's super neat. Yeah, sort of like a galaxy. Yeah, kind of like a galaxy. Spiral power. <laughs> I mean, it will pierce the heavens. <laughs> Uh, yes. Um, yeah, and Lenore will, uh, find a little gap, uh, in one of those spirals and, uh, place it in, uh, right in line with the others. Thousand Bones puts a hand on your shoulder and says, thank you uh -huh. for the justice that you have done in my son's name. Well, hopefully... Uh, 
Hopefully we're not finished yet. Hopefully not. And he starts to uh, take his kind of shambling steps with his crow-headed staff walking back. Mm. He uh, he pulls uh, as as uh, we're starting getting into sunset now. Uh, you arrive back at the uh, camp, um, and you will see that there is now a group of very muscular, not very clothed people. Oh boy! Who have arrived here uh, with horses covered in what looks like thatch. Oh. Um, and there is, uh, there are a bunch of them. Uh, they are, they have silver and gold body paint uh, on their, on their heads and their pectorals and down their abs. They're led by a man who has quite a hodgepodge of things on him. Is this a Shellanite festival? He is wearing... Uh, he's wearing, uh, very disparate, let's say, armor. Ah, okay. Um, here. Oh, dang! <laughs> yes. Um, he has what looks like, uh, the bones of some small, or like medium-sized draconic creature adorning his arm and a, and, and, uh, a tanned hide pauldron, uh, of red scales. Uh, patterned uh, on the underside with fur, and these red these red dragon scale uh, greaves on his legs, uh, and a loincloth and a very nice belt, uh, and he has uh, a weapon similar to uh, what Chief One Life had, where it's it's like a skull with a blade protruding out the mouth on his <sighs> right hand, and in his left hand he carries a enormous hammer with spikes. Uh, on the front and back of it. Uh, Damien, it's a weapon that you would know uh, is called an Earthbreaker. <gasps> wow. And the other weapon is actually a weapon called a Klar. Uh, Lenore, uh, it's uh, honestly a little heart eyes over uh, this uh, very muscular individual's whole uh, mm -hmm. um, aesthetic and, and strength. And um, he is speaking... Uh, He's speaking with uh, one of the one of the uh, members of the Skonqua uh, in Shawanti, and Damien, as you can hear, uh, as you guys are approaching, you see that he looks toward you, uh, and then the people, the other people who are also similarly tattooed and painted with these silver and gold uh, markings, uh, look at you, and he looks at Chief One Life. On the back of one of the horses, there is a uh, bundle wrapped in canvas mm -hmm. that looks uh, roughly the proportions of a human body. Okay. Um, and the the man uh, looks at Chief One Life and he says, "In Shawanti, uh, so why do the Skonqua harbor Shamek trespassers?" And uh, Chief One Life. Uh, goes sort of like rattles off like a few reasons like oh well they're um they're they're here they recovered my son's body and they were speaking to a spirit so they're all extremely attractive uh, and uh, and uh and like as chief one life is going through like sort of actually kind of fumbling with with a response uh uh thousand bones actually wraps his staff on the ground and he says tell me 
Crojan, when did the Sklarqua become judges of who trespasses upon the callow mounds where the ashes of our fathers lie? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. The guy, uh, this, it looked very, very young, very muscular guy, sort of like leans back a bit. You see his pectorals flex a little bit as he straightens himself upright. He says, your words change the question, Thousand Bones. He scowls at you all. And he goes, these ones bring trouble to the Cinderlands. And you know it. The coming days shall reveal to us who is right about them. Oh, he's grumpy. And <laughs> and uh, Thousand Bones just calmly says, perhaps. But not today. And not here. Would you have word that Barak's burial was tainted by bloodshed? Get back to your son, Shaman. Crojan, the man uh, who has been sort of posturing around here, it's like, uh, pauses. You can see the, the tendons in his neck straining. Uh, he takes a deep breath and he sort of hands holds up a, holds up a hand, letting the Klar fall back away from his hand. Uh, and you can see basically the articulation of the neck of this dragon skull just falls loose uh, behind his hand as his, as he reveals the open palm. He says, you misunderstand me, Thousand Bones. My grief has wounded my words, but see to it that no Shamek defiles our memories here. Uh, and then he, and then he actually tugs at a thing on his belt and you see a uh, loop of leather uh, loose itself from uh, from the side of his belt and he goes, certainly though, guests of the Sconequa must be brave to come this far. You wouldn't mind if I tested your courage and strength, would you? Is he speaking in common or is he speaking in Shawanti? Uh, he, he actually, uh, he, he switches to comment on the last phrase there. Tests? Are we testing bravery? Lenore comes up, cracks her knuckles. I'm down for that. Uh, I will tell you, when dealing with Crojan, Unia uh, will gain their harrowed bonus. Oh! Then Unia will step forward as well. However, he's fucking shredded. <laughs> so make of that what you will. Um, you, you, Unia, you can step forward. I will tell you, Unia gets a harrowed bonus when dealing with Trojan. Uh, plus two to strength checks would be uh, if, if Unia had a strength modifier of plus three. Uh, they have a strength modifier of plus one right now. And Lenore has a strength modifier of plus six just sitting here. So, okay. <laughs> so maybe, maybe Unia can sort of uh, hang back. Unia is going to... Would you like to trade cards, Lenore? <laughs> <laughs> yes, which, uh, I have the paladin here. Would you like it? <laughs> Unia is just sort of going to... They feel... They feel the the flow of fate going through them, uh, and they are going to um, just pat Lenore on the back. You can reroll uh, your strength checks nine times, Yulia. 
Use them all up in the first encounter of the game. Would I be able to, uh, I suppose casting a spell here would be like very gauche. Um. <laughs> um, uh, oh, actually, um, as he's sort of holding up this loop and saying, do you want to test your strength? Uh, you can make a knowledge local check if you want to figure out what the fuck he's talking about. Are we playing Knivesies? <laughs> no, there's no, but that's probably the one thing I know we're not playing. <laughs> Don't play knives with a leather strap. No. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, knowledge locals. Uh, Lenore got a five. Lenore has no idea what that thing is. Oh no, another five on die. Um, that would be a thirteen. Uh, and Damien. Uh, Damien's got a plus six. Well, I think I think Trinia gets it with her standing modifier. Damien's got a plus sixteen to knowledge locals. So, uh, oh, and Damien got a fourteen on die. So Damien got a thirty. So um, we help Trinia with a total of 42. So um, Trinia goes, oh, uh, she sort of like leans toward, uh, seeing that Lenore is sort of like positioning herself toward the front. Uh, Trinia sort of goes, he's challenging you to a game of Sredna. Uh, it's it's a Shawanti game. Uh, basically, it's, uh, it's a form of wrestling. Oh. Uh, and let me see. Uh, uh, she goes, it's pretty simple. Uh, basically, you have two things that you can do in a game of Sredna. In Sredna, the two contestants face uh, one another on their hands and knees with their foreheads spaced just over a foot apart. A, le a leather loop is placed around the competitors' heads like a headband so that the contestants are bound to one another. When the game begins, each contestant stares his opponent in the eye while slowly attempting to crawl backwards. Uh, the, this, the resulting tug of war results in extreme pain as the leather digs into the soft part of the back of the neck and skull. Yeah. At some point, one of the competitors relents, acknowledging defeat by bowing his head, causing the strap to roll over the top. Games of Shredda typically last for mere seconds, but two evenly matched opponents might duel much longer. In such cases, standoffs frequently occur. When a Sredna match begins, each contestant must spend three breaths uh, staring into each other's eyes before attempting to pull. Basically, take three rounds uh -huh. just staring into each other's eyes. All right. Uh, pulling before the fourth, fourth round is an immediate disqualification. All right. Intimidation and patience are almost as important tools uh, to win Sredna match as it is strength. During the initial three rounds, the contestants attempt opposed intimidate checks by growling, gnashing teeth, uh, and spitting insults. Each time a contestant wins one of these checks, he gains two points. Ah. In the case of a tied intimidate check, both, point, both players gain one point. On the fourth round, each character rolls an initiative check to determine who, when he moves uh, on, on, uh, on their turn. Uh, a character can opt to tug or dig in. Ah. Tug! A character attempts an opposed strength check. The defending character, uh, a defending character who has dug in receives a plus four on this check. If the tugging uh, character wins the check, he gains two points. If he fails or if the results are tied, the opponent gains two points. Ah. Dig in. The character strengthens uh, their stance and gains a plus four bonus on the next strength check uh, to resist a tug. At the end of each round, after the fourth round, total up the contestants' points. Each contestant must attempt a fortitude save to continue the match, with the DC being equal to the opponent's current point total. Ooh. 
A contestant who fails the save collapses and loses the match. If both contestants fail their saving throw, the match is declared a draw. If both contestants succeed at their saving throw, the game proceeds to another round. A character who has the endurance feat gains a plus four on this fortitude save. Do I have the endurance feat? I do not. If you're not a ranger, uh, most people probably don't. Mm -hmm. I do have iron will. <laughs> nope. That's for will saves. Yeah. So, what do you say to Crojan's challenge? Lenore will step forward. Uh, hit, hit, take her palm and hit it. Uh, take her fist and hit it against her palm, I'm making a several <laughs> very impressive smacking noises. Yes. I accept your challenge. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's go then. And uh, and uh, he he takes a couple steps forward. Lenore will take a couple steps forward. Gets, he gets down on his knees. Lenore will get down on her knees. He leans forward, putting the band behind his head. Lenore will do the same. And you put your head in the band, your forehead's touching, and you glare into each other's eyes. That we'll pick up next time. Oh, shit! <laughs> oh, no! Oh, no! You can't leave me like that! Nope, leaving no. you like that. Leaving you exactly like that. <laughs> Test of strength. Uh, Test of strength. He goes, Squawkwa, why don't you tell them who I am? And, uh, and, and, uh, basically all of his homies go, Trojan eats what he kills! <laughs> I hope he doesn't kill me! <laughs> oh, this is so cool. Oh my god. Oh, this is so exciting. I can't wait to see how it turns out. A curse of the Crimson Throne! Yes, that feeling when a hot but mean guy wants to fight you in feats of strength that involve close physical proximity. We've all been there, certainly. To Haven't to Roll is produced by David Clark and Katie Dukshire. 
The Pathfinder RPG and the Curse of the Crimson Throne Adventure Path are property of Paizo and are used in accordance with their community use policy. This session featured music from Michael Gelfi Audio, including The Ascension of Arthur, The Feywild Forest, Moonlight Tavern, and Mountain Path. Sound effects were produced by Sirenscape. You can find more sound effects for your own tabletop games over at sirenscape.com. We are on Twitter at To Have and To Roll. Rain is at Rain Zero. That's R A N E and the number zero. Daft is at Daft Prodigy. And you can follow the continued harrowings of Elizabeth Wilcox over on the Dimension Door Podcast at dimensiondoorpodcast.com. To Heaven to Roll is also on Tumblr at toheaventoroll.tumblr.com. We will be back again in two weeks as Lenore and our new acquaintance, Crojan, go head to head, literally, in a contest of strength that will profoundly shape the party's experience in the Cinderlands. No pressure, Lenore. We'll find out how she fares next time. Bye! That's quite a that's quite a sound. Beep. As always, with a reading, we start with the past. And I pause because my mouse clicks are very loud. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. I lay out the cards all at once so I can minimize mouse clicks. Boop. He has a muscular but uh, a muscular butt. Uh, sorry, he has a muscular butt. Spoilers, <laughs> ah! everybody. I think I actually had to pre pre make one of my hero readings when I was first starting out because I I, I didn't want to be there looking up everything, going ah. Uh. So like the fact <laughs> that you could do all this live is just amazing. <laughs> I, I have to admit, uh, I did learn how to try to discreetly check my little handbook. Like what what does that mm-hmm. card mean again? But mm-hmm. you, that's where the pattern of being a horror reader comes in. You're, mm-hmm. You keep yes. talking. They don't even know that you're reading your handbook. <laughs> it's absolutely well, it sounds us, exactly really. like the pattern you have as a dungeon master. <laughs> you just keep talking and nobody knows that you're flipping through tables. <laughs>